Welcome to this episode of the Security Clearance Careers Podcast, ClearCast, your source for security clearance, intelligence community, espionage, national security, and defense contracting updates, and our exclusive interviews with intelligence community and government leaders. I am attorney Sean Bigley, and I'm here with Lindy Kaiser of clearancejobs.com. And Lindy, we're talking this segment about gambling, which is something that doesn't get a lot of attention in the security clearance world, but it is an addiction in some cases. And it's certainly something that can result in security clearance denial or revocation under the right circumstances. We have seen it a number of times over the years. It's not by any means the most common type of addiction that we see. But nonetheless, I think it's worth talking about. One of the particular ways that this has been coming up lately is with online betting. There's a lot of websites now, online sports betting and fantasy leagues, things like that, where you know you can drop a lot of money real fast um, and people get themselves into gambling debt from the privacy of their home. Is this something that you've seen come up with questions or concerns on the discussion boards at Clearance Jobs? Oh, for sure. We've seen it on the discussion boards. We've also seen it in some of the cases that we review coming out of the Defense Office of Hearings and Appeals where they've indicated financial considerations. So somebody has a significant debt volume and sometimes that can be tied to online gambling. You think about the scope of the problem, it would have to be pretty significant for before you're seeing it come up. I've also seen it come up under um, misuse of IT systems. So somebody who's caught using a government device or has some kind of an employment issue or reprimand around participating in online gambling from their workplace. So there's just a lot of different ways it can be sliced. And it comes down to, I think, being able to follow rules, exhibit self-control. And this is where I get pushed back anytime. We talk a ton about how financial issues are the top cause of clearance denial and revocation. Some smart folks around the community have started to say like, well, it's the top cause of clearance denial. It's not necessarily the biggest security concern we're worried about. A lot of the issues that we worry about come down to ego, influence, recklessness of behavior. Gambling can can touch on a lot of those different factors. So yeah, from your perspective, have you had cases come across in your community about online gambling or any other forms of gambling? You're right. It's not so much the gambling itself. It's kind of what it infers about the person's personality and also their vulnerability to exploitation, bribery, things like that. You know, when this comes up, yes, it's definitely cases where somebody's dropping huge amounts of money. It's not your small time gambler, somebody going to Vegas for a weekend vacation and dropping a few hundred bucks or frankly, even a few thousand. It's certainly not, you know, somebody playing the the lottery and getting a couple tickets a week or something like that. I mean, those are total non-issues and I wouldn't advise anybody who's doing that to lose any sleep over their activities. But the folks who are going out who are the, you know, the big time gamblers, the ones who just can't stop, you know, if it truly is an addiction, that does raise security concerns Maybe it doesn't rise to the level of an addiction, but it just appears to be reckless. You know, the government looks at it and says, where is this money coming from? For example, we have seen cases where, you know, somebody has gone into a casino, dropped a huge amount of money, five figures or more. And the casinos are required to file what's called SARS, suspicious activity reports 
when somebody's coming in and dropping lots of cash, that makes its way to the Treasury Department. It comes up uh, as part of the background investigation where the person gets questioned on it. You know, you have to be able to show where did that money come from. So that's probably one of the more common cases that we see actually when it comes to gambling. And then the person actually has to be able to document where that money came from, that it was from a legitimate source. We do see cases where, you know, somebody has gone in, they've dropped a lot of money at a casino or some other gambling establishment, and it starts to just look like the person is exercising poor judgment. And that's a slippery slope. I I realize, I mean, it's very subjective. What does constitute poor judgment? If I make six figures and I decide that I want to go have a blowout weekend in Vegas or Atlantic City and drop, you know, 10 or 20,000 bucks, does that make me objectively reckless? Or does it just mean that I wanted to have a good time? I mean, that's, I guess, open to interpretation. And some of it depends on when we say six figures, are we talking a 100,000 bucks? Are we talking, you know, half a million or three quarters of a million? It's all relative. But at the end of the day, this is definitely an issue that we are seeing more and more with the online sector, the sports betting and some of the overseas bookie type websites that are frankly, not always legal here in the United States. And when it comes up, typically, as you point out, raised under guideline F, but we do also see cases where somebody's doing it on their, you know, government computer, among other things. We've seen, you know, plenty of cases. I think we've talked about this before where people are looking at pornography on their government computer or they're doing some other personal business that's raising questions about outside activities. Uh, This is one of those things, uh, most definitely. The question then becomes, I think, for a lot of folks, well, okay, if I am gambling and maybe I'm thinking, I have a problem or loved ones are telling me that it's getting a little out of control. What do I do about it? How how is that something that I can solve to the government's satisfaction? And really, there's only one answer. You've got to go seek help, professional help. Gamblers Anonymous, it is a thing, just like Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, there's a Gamblers Anonymous. A lot of states also have problem gambling hotlines where you can call and get resources for mental health professionals, counselors, people you can go and talk to and get treatment as an actual addiction. I think we've seen a lot of people, Lindy, who worry about whether doing something like that is going to actually create a problem. You know, I see it all the time. Oh, I don't want to go and seek mental health treatment or I don't want to go and seek treatment for this addiction because as soon as I do that, I'm going to lose my clearance. The the opposite is actually true. The government's going to find out about this. If it's to the point of an addiction, there will be a paper trail most likely that the government will see suspicious activity reports where it's somebody who's ratting you out. It's better to get out ahead of it, go get the treatment that you need rather than have the government raise it as an issue and then be scrambling to try to address it because there's not enough time to do it. Every issue, gambling falls under kind of that same umbrella of taking proactive steps to mitigate it. I feel like the cases that I have successfully seen argued, at least in front of Doha, that have had debt as a factor related to gambling have been folks who, you know, did some kind of a gambling addicts support group or found some ways to mitigate it and admit they had an issue. If you have the person who has a lot of gambling debt and then fails to admit that it actually is a problem, that's where you bring up an issue. You brought up, I think this is an interesting point too, we've talked about over at Clearance Jobs, the online app 
aspect of it and how it might fall under outside activities, you have a lot of these apps and some of the betting apps that are tied to foreign countries and foreign governments. So again, how much of that is going to come to the government's um, awareness? I don't know. But we have these new self-reporting guidelines that also include, as I affectionately like to call them, the narking guidelines. So reporting on other folks. So if you're spending a lot of time, even on a personal device at work, gambling related to some of these apps that have clear overseas ties or that are tied to foreign governments, is it maybe a direct security clearance issue? I don't know, but it certainly could come up. How you spend your money and where you spend your money matters. And I think it does present a security issue because if you find yourself beholden, especially in to a significant degree and giving money, it just puts also your information. A lot of these apps are taking in a lot of your information. It just puts you on the radar screen of a foreign country in a way that you might not want to. And I know that we're going far down the rabbit trail with that, but that's where I like to live is down the rabbit trail. I could see it being an issue. So be careful. I don't think it's that far down the rabbit hole myself because truly, I mean, this is one of the issues with these type of apps. And frankly, any app I'm writing an article as we speak about some of these foreign messaging apps that people use to communicate with loved ones overseas. All of these things, whether it's gambling, whether it's messaging, whether it's TikTok, anything that's owned by a foreign entity and may be subject to sharing or monitoring of information with a foreign government. If you read the terms and conditions of these apps buried in the fine print is often that they can access other data on your device. So then the question becomes, Comes, okay, you have this app on your device, you're gambling heavily, you're maybe drawing attention from some undesirable entity or undesirable folks overseas, and they realize, let's see what else is on this guy's device, his contacts, geolocation. In some cases, we've seen terms and conditions that say they can monitor your keystrokes so they can see everything that you're typing. I mean, you really have to read the fine print carefully on a lot of these apps because Many of them make their money, things like advertising and other ancillary businesses besides just the service that they're delivering through the app itself. And the way that they create value for their advertisers or for their partners is by gathering data. So when you are installing these kinds of apps on your device, certainly any work-related device, but even a personal device, you may be opening yourself up to prying eyes. You know, it doesn't always matter what type of app it is, but gambling in particular, it's basically telling potential overseas or otherwise hostile individuals that you have this potential vulnerability and that, you know, this is something they can exploit. You have an addiction, for example, to gambling. If you're spending huge amounts of money on this, that's really valuable information for a foreign intelligence service. So not to make people paranoid. I get it. You know, we all got to live our lives. And, you know, if you enjoy a little sports betting or something from time to time, don't let me take that away from you. Just be careful and recognize that if you are getting to a point that it's getting a little out of hand, it's time to seek some help. Don't gamble with your national security career, people. That's the takeaway. This is Katie Keller, editor at clearancejobs.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of ClearedCast. For more information on career and recruiting advice, visit news.clearancejobs.com.